I love that he's also like, this is a personal matter. Uh, we're yeah, live. What's up? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. Today we're talking football. Football, football. Ooh. Blue 42. Say hey. Blue 42. Blue 42. Do you think they, do you think people who, who call out whatever that is supposed to, to represent, you just explained it to me. It's something about like just, it's just a yeah. cadence to get people. Called ready. a hard count. Yep. Hard count. Do you think they get the people? Do they teach people the hard count the same place that they also teach like military people how to give out a, like when they go mm. attention, but they say attention? Attention. Yeah. Do you think they go it's to the same school diaphragm. to learn how to do that? Like we're going to teach Probably, you English, yeah. but you're not going to learn it well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to teach you how to say these words, but just like in three syllables, no matter how long these words are. Just right. Boom, boom, boom. You're going to say You're going to find, you're going to look with your eyes and you're going to find about half of the letters in the word and then you're just going to scream whatever syllables you think that they make. And then that's yeah. going to prepare us for running in the battle. That's how you get into the NFL, baby. That's it, man. That's it. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael Ennis. I've also got with me here, Adam Football Man, wide receiver, grass. Also, man. Grass also, man. <laughs> Gumby. <laughs> uh-huh. See, here's the thing. You got a lot of that right because I did play wide receiver I knew in it. high school. I knew it. I read and then you went to the grass stuff and it was like, all right. You, you <laughs> ran on go. grass. And turf. And turf. Grass and see, mm-hmm. you're so you're so multifaceted. You're just like I did it all, baby. You're a triple threat, as they say in the theater business and not the football business. Yep. What's <laughs> not the a sports thing? Are there are there people in the sports world? I I'm very bad at knowing about sports. Are there people in the sports world who you could classify as a triple threat? Like, can you be like, oh, this guy can be a wide receiver, and then at the drop of a hat turns into a tight end? I only know that from mm-hmm. a from a SNL sketch that I watched last night. <laughs> there are triple threats in basketball, and okay. then you can have that in football. That's normally more of a college thing than a pro thing. But yeah, there are people who play multiple positions in all the sports. Triple threats, quadruple threats, maybe even a double. I don't know. Whoa. Things get crazy. Whoa. Whoa. That's wild. Enough sports talk. We we talk way too much about sports on this show. So we're gonna we're gonna give that a rest and we're gonna finally talk about something we never get to. And that's video games. And we do that most Sunday nights here at 8:30 Eastern time on twitch.tv slash affable idiots, where people like Dallas are in the chat lying, saying Xbox sucks. Woo! <laughs> He's a liar. Woo! Um, we also are on YouTube and podcast services Tuesday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern. Today's episode, we're going to talk about God of War being a huge hit on PC. That's personal computer. We're going to talk about the fact that people have played Pokemon Legends Arceus. We're not going to mention uh-huh. any spoilers. We, I, I have not watched any of the spoiler content or know any of the spoiler content. We're going to talk about like legit previews. And the famous doctor guests on today's show. I cannot freaking wait to find out what the hell that means. It's a big deal. Big deal. But we're going to start with probably the biggest deal in gaming. Xbox bought Activision Blizzard an essay. This is the second week in a row that Adam has brought us an essay. Now, I'm going to do the role of an actor, and I'm going to read the words of a much smarter uh, playwright. And I'm going to take you through four. We have four parts of this, correct? 
Yeah, four, four parts. parts of this. We'll take a quick intermission between each part and we'll like get snacks and talk about it. And then we'll come back to see what changes for the next part. This is, oh, it says right there, mention there are four parts. You're so good and I'm such a dummy. All right, the first That's part. the playwright. Part one, the deal. All of this comes from multiple sources. We outline those kind of as we go. Uh, who says what? Xbox shook the freaking earth last week when they announced a deal to buy Activision Blizzard, the company behind Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and a ton of other gaming franchises. In a stupefying, yes, a Harry Potter spell, stupefying $68.7 billion with a B and two L's in quick succession. Mm. It was announced on Xbox Wire. The deal means Xbox will soon own the likes of Call of Duty, Warcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and a lot more. CEO of Microsoft Gaming, Phil Spencer, announced that all Activision Blizzard companies would report to him after the deal is closed. Hint, hint, not Bobby Kotick. In an email sent to Activision Blizzard employees, CEO Bobby Kotick says the company expects the deal to close, quote, sometime in Microsoft's fiscal 2023 year, ending June 30th, 2023. This is, of course, pending a whole lot of things like uh, an FTC investigation, making sure that there are no antitrust issues. Um, after the deal closes, Microsoft will become the world's lar third largest gaming business by revenue after Tencent and Sony. Quote, it's a reality that started to factor into our thinking. There is more competition from bigger companies with more resources, Bobby Kotick says. Facebook is spending billions a year on the metaverse. I've never seen as much competition. And we are seeing it even in the wage inflation. Activision Blizzard makes around $8 billion a year, according to analysts, which is no small figure. But for context, Microsoft, the entire company, is valued at over $2 trillion. Of course, Microsoft owns a lot of other software and operating systems. And basically anything that runs on a PC runs on a Microsoft platform, unless you're using like Linux and things like that. But let's, let's be honest, no one does that. Weirdos. Right? <laughs> Little weirdos. Uh, let's pause there. That's the end of part one. We've now seen the opening act of the play. Mm -hmm. They bought it. it. Initial reactions. When you, first of all, when this happened Tuesday morning, I woke up to a ton of tweets about it, a ton of text messages, because everyone saw it before I even woke up on the West Coast. What was going through your freaking brain when you saw this? I was like, wow, that's a big deal. I think that's a big get. <laughs> that's, that's wild. That is, especially for the amount of money, which again, you're so close to 69. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, for that, that much money to purchase that large of a company to make moves in gaming, it's just, I, it's, it's fun to, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Again, it, first off, wild, crazy. Wasn't expecting this. And I, it was crazy, and nobody leaked it at all. No yeah. one knew about it whatsoever. So this was absolutely insane. And then I've got things to talk about individually. But what about you? It blew my. I was my brain was broken for a day, like the entire day. First of all, I was like, "Fuck, we just recorded our podcast twelve hours ago. Why couldn't they have right. waited? Or mm -hmm. why couldn't they, you know, announce it sooner?" Um. But then I like the whole day. I was like, I can't believe this is real. Like. At first, reading the first couple of tweets, I was like, no way. This Man, people are – it was Jason Schreier reporting, Bloomberg reports. was like, oh, man, this has got to be legit. But then I saw that, like, oh, it came from Xbox three hours before I even woke up. I was like, that's freaking wild. 
Uh, and then, of course, my brain went to all the crazy questions like, what's going to be exclusive? What's not going to be exclusive? Are we going to have PlayStation support on things? Or are they going to honor contracts? What's going to happen with Bobby Kodak? All those questions that we'll get to here in a second, too. But mm. yeah, the I, play addresses game. all of that. What? The play that I wrote addresses this play, all of this that. This giant, wonderful narrative play that Adam has written uh, addresses all of that. Wild. All yep. right, everyone. Take your seats. The lights are flashing. Part two is about to begin. The plan. This is when George Clooney assembles his team and they decide their plan. <clears throat> As expected. Nespresso. What? Nespresso. George Clooney. Oh, that's right. Nespresso. Nespresso, using George Clooney as a proxy, assembles a plan. Phil Spencer plays mm -hmm. George Clooney in this movie. As expected, Spencer says Xbox will include, quote, as many Activision Blizzard games as we can, end quote, in the Xbox Game Pass services. In a new article that provides an overview of Activision Blizzard's, Activision Blizzard's internal reactions to the acquisition, Bloomberg reports that high-level employees have discussed ditching Call of Duty's current release schedule as well. These developers are said to feel that the slowing franchise's release cadence that's sorry, that slowing the franchise's release cadence would please players who have grown weary of Call of Duty's steady drumbeat of releases. According to that same Bloomberg report, the shift may not happen until next year or later, with this year's release expected to redeem the franchise's fortunes. Switching from Bloomberg to the Washington Post, Spencer avoid Phil Spencer, CEO, uh, or what is his title again of Xbox? CEO of, Xbox? of gaming or something, gaming, like that? something like that. Spencer avoided yeah. talking about the future of ongoing blockbuster franchises like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft under Microsoft. Instead, Spencer spoke about the overlooked franchises Activision owns that Microsoft will get access to. His quote here, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go, Spencer exclaimed. King's Quest, Guitar Hero. I should know this, but I think they got Hexen. Spencer says that once the deal is finalized, it's expected to close this by the summer of 2023. The Xbox team will speak with its many developers about what possible franchises from Activism Blizzard they might uh, like to work on. And then the last part here of part two, in recent years, Activision Blizzard has pointed its many teams towards key franchises with studios like Toys for Bob now lending support for Call of Duty and Diablo, but this deal could potentially free them to pursue different opportunities within the Xbox Games Studios. Intermission. I'm going to go take a mm. pee, take your headphones with you while you listen to us. Let's talk about what this means for Xbox acquiring all of these companies. Uh, sorry, this one ginormous company and all of these different developers and, and, and IPs. First of all, huge get with Call of Duty. And let's, 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 uh, well, let's pause on that one because we have some more information on Call of Duty specifically. But let's take a look at some of the other things like Diablo and, and Overwatch, some of the Blizzard stuff that are like huge for the PC community. Um, and then uh, a, couple of other, a couple of other things around some of the, the other teams that they've acquired over the years and Tony Hawk Pro Skater team uh whose name is escaping me right now that's working on call of duty all that kind of stuff what do you think this means for game pass these ips and what we might see from them going forward well first of all game pass just got even better because you're going to get all of this stuff regardless of what they put out you're going to get it uh included in that subscription service so again i think that's the main point of this deal is to like well let's get a company that owns a lot of stuff even though they really only make a few things but like let's do like whenever they acquired everybody else they're like hey do what you want to do. You don't have to worry about financing. Just create the things you want to create. You don't have to worry about, you know, 
I hope our game sells enough so we don't go under. So things like to Toys for Bob and um, Raven Software, Vicarious Visions. So like uh, people like Spyro and Crash, right? So mm -hmm. Crash, they did the remaster. Then we got a new Crash game. People like the Spyro games. People like all those games. And then Activision's like, oh, no, we just need you to support Call of Duty. And now it's like, oh, hey, once we acquire you, you can go back to making the cool platformer games that you made that people really, really liked because we don't need you to make $5 billion a game. You can just... Make a game because we just want to put it on Game Pass. So go make another Spyro. Go make another Tony Hawk. As long as it's good and it goes to Game Pass, like we don't, it doesn't necessarily matter how many it sells. We just want good things. And that's, I think it's better for everybody because there's so many people, you know, like Ravens having people strike and there's a lot of issues. We're like, I guess we just had to make Call of Duty Maps for the rest of our lives. Now you don't have to, which I think is a plus for all the people who work there and just means more cool content. Because, you know, I never really cared about Crash. And I've played Diablo and it's fun, but I think that these people get to make what they want to make instead of being forced to do something is a, is a positive. I don't think anyone would argue that. And then well, we'll get more on Call of Duty later, but also them being like, hey, doing this every year is killing us and is making the game not good. And maybe you do that every year and a half or two years now. I also don't think the world's biggest gaming, like the world's biggest game could be better which I don't think sounds bad. I think all of this sounds good if it goes as according to plan. I agree. I think you're, I think you're right. That this is going to bring a lot of freedom and a lot of just relief for people who maybe were parts of these teams that Activision acquired and then forced to, to into the call of duty churn. Um, and I think that's going to be really exciting for them. I don't know how many of those original people are still around who used to work at these other studios who then got to Activision. A lot of times people, after an acquisition, like they'll join the team, get whatever stock bonuses or things like that come with it. And then they'll go and do something to continue feeling fulfilled instead of just supporting like two call of duty multiplayer maps in three years from now release and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's going to free up a lot of people to do things that make them really excited and creatively fulfilled. And that's something that I think PlayStation has done a very well, a very good job of letting their studios do. And that Xbox recently has also kind of, uh, let their studios just kind of have free reign with as well. So that's exciting just for the developer's peace of mind. And, and uh, we'll talk about culture a little bit later, but yeah, I think it's exciting for, for them and making them feel like they're doing work. They're excited to do. And hopefully from that, lots of innovation and good games. Question for you. Yeah. Real quick, before you go on to the next part of my play there again, Activision has so many IP that they've let go over the years that they had and they ran to the ground, whatever, whatever. Is there anything particular that you'd be like, oh, shit, I hope they bring that back? For me, and I know that they tried to do it on the other side, but if I would love, I like Guitar Hero. I like Rock Band. I know they tried to bring it back. I know it's a little past its prime, but I would love if someone was like, hey, let's sit down and make a really good Guitar Hero. New instruments, because that's the problem is finding new instruments is fucking impossible without spending like $200. So I would love to be like, hey, you know, in a couple years, we're going to do it once. It's going to be really cool. We're going to really try this. And then, because I just want to play a fucking plastic instrument again. That was so fun <laughs> back in the day. So I'm, on the, I'm in the complete that. opposite field where, like, I want something Guitar Hero-like, but without having to have a bunch of plastic instruments. <laughs> mm. Because I, I played the shit out of Guitar Hero 3. I played my friend's rock band. Uh, but I, I don't have a ton of space for plastic instruments laying around my apartment anymore, especially if they're only going to be good for like one to two games maybe, and they can't be used for future installments and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I would love to see, <laughs> obviously not connect or something like that. And, but I have beat saber now with VR in order to, to kind of mm -hmm. get that rhythm fix. 
but I don't know, maybe even something along the lines, the lines of like Rock Band Unplugged, how it was just like with the controller buttons on the face buttons. With like controller, that would be fun. Yeah. I don't know. That, or put it on Game Pass PC and then just be like, oh, it's a VR game for your PC VR there you go. headset. There you go, no problem. Speaking of Game Pass, one last thing I wanted to mention here is that I think we're, it's going to be so interesting with, with the breadth of the catalog that Activision and Blizzard brings with it, how you choose what goes on Game Pass. Because right now, I think one of the great things about Game Pass is that it doesn't have everything, but it has a lot of good in it. Like, it has over 100 titles. That's what they say. It's over 100 high-quality titles, blah, 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 blah. And, and like, a good chunk of them are, like, AAA titles. A good chunk of them are, like, indie things that you would have never played otherwise or never even heard of. A good chunk of them are, like, old things that you're nostalgic for and you might want to go back and play. But with this especially if they bring over every single Call of Duty game and every single thing that, that they've ever put out. Like, that's... I'm sure that catalog is well over 100 games that they could put on Game Pass right now if they took all of Activision and Blizzard's catalog and put it on there. And I think that might flood Game Pass. And, like, I know mm -hmm. they're committed to putting all Xbox first-party things on there, but I think like that takes some of the magic of, ooh, this is coming to Game Pass now, and such and such is going away, therefore I better play it real quick. I think I feel like if everything's available, I won't necessarily have the same incentive to go play it as I currently do right now when it's a limited selection of, you know, just over 100 things. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm curious how they handle that. I know they said they're going to bring as many things as possible to it, but I I'm curious how they handle what goes on there. Like are we going to get every single Call of Duty all the way back as far as they go because I feel like that would be excessive. Mm. What know. they could do is just reorganize the UI where it's like here's new games and these these new games are not like, I think you'd have, like, here's the Bethesda button. You click on the Bethesda button, there's all oh, the Bethesda sure. games. Here's the Activision button. Here's all the Activision games. And then you keep everything else that's like, oh, here's the new indie game. Here's the new AAA game day one. And put that on, like, the new releases page. And keep everything else just, like, if you want all the Activision stuff, click on that Activision button. And then go over there. Kind of like how Disney Plus just, does their streaming service. Like, there's the Marvel button. There's yeah. the Star Wars button. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I would And do. I would not be surprised if we start seeing these p titles pop up, like, if, if Bethesda's acquisition was any kind of hint. Like, a lot of Bethesda's catalog went up almost immediately after they announced the purchase. Like, the day that it that it cleared, yeah. they were like, it's all on there. It was like half of it's on there, and then two months later, all of it went on yeah. there or something. Wow. So I don't think we're going to have to wait so. until summer of 2023 to start seeing these titles pop up on Game Pass. But I think it'll definitely be, like, if they choose to put the entire catalog up there, yeah, it'll probably be whenever that deal closes that everything will finally make its way to it. Also, Diablo 4, day one for free. Fucking thank you. Right? Man. Oh, Game I'll Pass. Play that. What a good deal. Best deal in gaming. Mm -hmm. What does this mean for Sony? Part three. Everyone lights are flickering. Get back to your seat. Pronto. Part three. What it means for Sony. Speaking on Twitter, Phil Spencer said, quote, had good calls this week with the leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship, end quote. There were questions regarding Call of Duty's position as an Xbox exclusive in the future, but Spencer's statement appears to put those to bed, at least for now. It's also possible that some, but not all, Call of Duty games will come to PlayStation or that Microsoft provides it as a service, uh, provides it as a Game Pass, game pass exclusive and thus would require the service to be on PS4 and PS5. 
Other Activision Blizzard brands remain question marks regarding exclusivity. These include Diablo, Warcraft, Overwatch, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, and other dormant franchises like Prototype and Singularity. Activision Blizzard has, has confirmed that it won't remove existing games from PlayStation after it has been acquired by Xbox, meaning that games like Call of Duty Warzone and any existing communities that uh, exist there will remain multi-platform. The news comes from an employee Q&A filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, and in a question asking how the deal between Activision, Blizzard, and Xbox will impact existing partner agreements, the company stated, quote, We will honor all existing commitments post-close. As with Microsoft's acquisition of Minecraft, we have no intent to remove any content from platforms where it exists today. Although Microsoft is yet to unveil which Activision, Blizzard IPs it plans to convert into Xbox exclusives, Bethesda's upcoming release of Starfield, which will debut later this year as an Xbox console exclusive, could signal that PlayStation fans are set to miss out on further content in the years to come. Last couple bullets here for this one. Quote, We expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform, said Sony spokesperson to the Wall Street Journal. And it's no surprise that Sony would expect Microsoft to honor any current contracts that it has with Activision because during the Bethesda takeover, uh, game, games like Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo were left as PS5 console exclusives as well. But it's not clear how long these contracts are with Sony and Activision or how long they're set to last. Sony's stock took a $20 billion hit after the announcement, and uh, as detailed by Bloomberg, Sony Group Corporation shares reportedly fell 13% in Tokyo on Wednesday, just a day after Microsoft announced its $68.7 billion deal with Activision Blizzard. The drop itself was the single... Uh, largest fall in Sony stock since October 2008, which was, I think, October 2008. Was that like, what happened? Was that the great PSN outage? No, that was in the summer. That was, you're right. That was summer. I don't know. Was, well, we can Google it. Was that maybe the announcement? They're like, or is that the release? They're like, they're all $500. Get a second job. I don't know. We have to Google that. <laughs> no, because that was 2006 was Xbox 360 release. PS3 was 2007. So 2007. Yeah, I don't know. Uh Lots of things Maybe coming Sp up here. Spider-Man 3 came out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That was summer. Lots of things in here. One, let's talk Call of Duty. It, it looks like it's still kind of a vague statement, but it looks like Call of Duty might be safe on PlayStation right now with that quote from Phil Spencer saying, good calls with the leaders of Sony, uh, all existing ag agreements, and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. There was a lot of hesitation, like, does this mean that, like, Call of Duty Warzone will stay, but future single-player or, like, the next installment in the in the franchise will only be on place, or on Xbox? Uh, or is just the entire franchise going to come to PlayStation? What do you think is, gonna, is happening with that, and do you believe that this means that, like, it's safe? There are two possibilities in my mind. Again, because the wording... This is for every story going forward, is that now that there's a legal contract, there's things you are not straight up allowed to say. Like, you cannot answer questions, you cannot say a certain way, everything's worded very carefully. So, again, everything that's already there. So, Warzone, Warzone, the product, will stay there, because they don't pull anything. They don't remove things. Um, probably next year's Call of Duty probably has a contract already with Sony, so I'm sure that one will be there, the 2022 uh, Modern Warfare 2 rumored game, or whatever. After that, I'm one of two minds. It's either a way to force them, not force them, be like, hey, we want Game Pass on Sony. You know, like, we're offering this to you. And if Sony says no, that's on Sony, not on us. You could take it that way, where it's like, we want to give it to you. 
but that's up to big dogs up at Sony. And if they don't, we tried our best. And the, I mean, that would be true. Like technically they own it. Game Pass would be their workaround. And if you don't want Game Pass, that's your fault. Or so number one, it's like either you're straight up, you're not going to get it after a certain point, maybe 2023, 2024, you won't get it unless Sony plays nice. Or they'll treat it like Minecraft, where of course Minecraft was already released after they bought it. So it all stayed, but Minecraft Dungeons came out later and was not exclusive. Because Minecraft is a huge deal, and they're like, hey, this is a new game. We technically could keep this, and there would be nothing wrong with it. But we see value in putting this everywhere because Minecraft is literally the biggest thing in the world. So either they're going to try their best to get Game Pass on Sony and or keep it exclusive, or they're like, it makes so much money, forget it. We'll put it out everywhere. But of course, it's better on Xbox because it's free with Game Pass. They'll probably do some other stuff that makes it worth it to come over to Game Pass and do it. But yeah, it's either... They're going to make a deal and keep it exclusive or it makes so much money. Fuck it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> this one, this one you can have. You want Overwatch 2? I don't know. I don't know if Overwatch 2 has been announced for any consoles yet. So if it wasn't, maybe not Overwatch 2. But I think Call of Duty is the one that's big enough where they would be willing to let that stay over there. Yeah, I I think one thing that you you called out is that like legally they can't talk about a lot of things. And le- like, technically, a lot of these things are probably not even figured out yet. Like, I'm sure there's an entire team dedicated to a transition plan for the companies and their IPs and how that's going to happen over at Xbox. But um, I, I kind of see it. I agree with your, your Game Pass on PlayStation kind of thing, idea of this is a way, I feel like, for Xbox, who's always had a mission with Game Pass of making it available everywhere. You don't have to have a console in order to access Game Pass. You can get it on PC. You can now get it on the cloud. They want to make Game Pass available as many places as you can possibly get it. And for the longest time, everyone said, ha, 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 that'll never happen with PlayStation. You'll never play Game Pass on PlayStation. Everyone's kind of been thinking, whoa, what if we got it on Switch? But who knows? Um, But PlayStation, I feel like this is Xbox's way to strong-arm PlayStation into supporting Game Pass on its on its service and they say hey we have a ton of really great games that your audience loves and we would love to help get them these games but the only way that we can support that is through game pass on your system and maybe they get a cut of every subscription that's activated on the playstation console or a certain number of hours that each game is played on a playstation console then goes towards paying a developer I don't know how all of that's going to work, but I do see that maybe this is an opportunity for them to really push Sony into that and the thing that really tips my hat in that direction, not tips my hat, but tips the scales in that direction, is our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Like, Xbox is saying, we want it there. It's all about whether Sony's going to play ball to keep it there. So I think that's, that's a really big clue into the future of it. And of course, all of this, this could not go through. We have a year and a half where we're not going to learn any specifics about what's happening with any of this stuff. And then as soon as it closes, we might start hearing more definitive information. But yeah, they they cannot make the future of this franchise dependent upon the closing of this deal because they still have years of work to do right now in the status quo. So yeah, for the, for the time being, everything's going to be, even through end of 2023, maybe even 2024, it's going to be exactly as you'd expect it to be. Everything supported where it was meant to be supported. We're not going to see anything Call of Duty uh, or otherwise exclusive to Xbox that wasn't already planned to be because of all of that. But yeah. Mm. And it is the one that I could see them being like, everything else is exclusive, but this one's so big, we got to put it everywhere. Yeah. This could be the one and only thing I see them doing that with. Absolutely. 
And part of me, part of that quote right there that actually got me excited was I had assumed the reason that Minecraft was supported everywhere after purchasing and even Minecraft Dungeons was because when they bought it, it was such a huge thing with kids. And I thought maybe Microsoft is like, there's no easy way to explain to kids and parents why this game is no longer available on the platform they love. Like suddenly one day, oh, I can't play it on my Switch or I can't play it on my iPod or whatever, wherever they're playing it. But I thought, you know, Call of Duty has a more mature audience that are supposed to be at least 17 years of age or older. Like obviously they can understand the exclusivity and them buying a company. So I, I wasn't sure that there's, that was going to be something that they wanted to keep multi-platform. But this kind of keeps my eyes or my, my, my mind at ease a little bit. Let's chat the final act of this thing. Part four, what it means for the culture. What is it like for the employees at Activision Blizzard? Blizzard boss Mikey Barra has promised to improve the culture at the studio and detailed a number of measures that the company is actively taking following a challenging 2021. In the short term, this is great, Mike, uh, Mikey Barra says Blizzard's executive and management teams will be measured, quote, directly against culture improvement which means that their compensation, their bonuses, the how much money they make every year will quote directly depend on our overall success in creating a safe, inclusive and creative work environment at Blizzard. That's huge. I don't know I don't know like how they quantify an improvement in culture, but I think that making it a part of the money that big people see at that company is a big incentive to make sure that it changes. So that's huge. In addition to enforcing new management changes that directly benefit the studio, Ibarra also says that the company will be dedicating more full-time roles and resources to improving its culture. According to the Wall Street Journal, sources familiar with the deal say Activision CEO Bobby Kotick is set to leave after the deal closes, despite contradictory statements saying that Kotick will continue to serve as CEO of Activision Blizzard. The two companies agreed that Kotick will depart once Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard. So... Little uh, contradiction going back and forth there over the uncertainty of Bobby Kotick's role after all of his closes, but Kotick did not specifically address whether he will stay or leave beyond ensuring, quote, the very best integration. But with the deal still waiting to be finalized, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard could be keeping the full details of their arrangement private for now. That's the end of the play. Let's have a little critics round circle where we discuss the play and our thoughts on it. Um, standing ovation. Standing ovation. <laughs> For the playwright specifically. Right. It, so we had our curtain call. You know, the leads came out. I came out as the actor and bowed, and everyone was like, oh my God. They threw their brawls on stage. And then mm -hmm. we pointed to the band. Everyone clapped. We pointed over to the stage manager, and then we pointed to the playwright, and everyone just fucking flipped out and set the theater on fire. Backflips in their seats. That's how excited they were. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bobby Kotick, it is, again, just like the rest of the deal, this could all, in case it doesn't go through, I think it's, they, they can't say that Bobby Kotick will be leaving because if it doesn't go through, then what happens to Kotick? He's got, he's still got to stay CEO of the company if he wants to make sure that he gets his payout or any money. It also does make it a little bit, it takes, it takes all the breath out of Bobby Kotick's move of good faith. Do you remember last year when he said, I'm going to take 50% pay cut in my salary in order to improve, like, in order to give that money uh, in places where it's needed across the company. Well, that is 
a lot less impactful now if this thing goes through and he gets billions of dollars and he probably knew that that deal was starting to come to fruition when he made that announcement too. So he all around, all around sleazy dude. Anyway. Uh, yeah. You, also, a CEO giving up their salary means nothing because they make all their money in bonuses. Exactly. So yeah. they only get paid like a hundred thousand dollars a year and then make five hundred million dollars in bonuses. So giving up your salary means absolutely nothing. Right. Uh, what are you excited for most about what this means for the people who work at Activision and Blizzard? Well, good all around. Again, hope everyone gets to be happy. <laughs> we got Mikey Barros back with Xbox. I mean, he, he had fun with that. Um, and just that they were like, hey, this is serious. We know it. We're getting sued for it. We're going to try to fix it. And it seems like the dude, I don't know if he's most responsible, but the dude everyone hates uh, absolutely seems gone to me. So again, it's that thing where like the deal isn't final. So we literally can't say anything. Like when they announced it, like Bobby Kotick is CEO of Blizzard until the deal ends. And then everyone reports to me. This is Phil Spencer talk. It's like then everyone reports to me. And that's why I like this Wall Street Journal thing, because they were like, hey, not official, but we have a lot of sources saying he's fucking out. But no one can say that like in an official statement. But there were multiple reports like, yo, this dude's leaving. And so again, he's going to leave. There's graphs out there about like how much guaranteed money he has and whatever. Again, he's a CEO in America. All those, it doesn't matter. Unless you literally murder a child on live TV, you can get away with anything and make millions of dollars. Well, if, so. if the show that's murdering the child on live TV has enough of an audience and supports its advertisers, then hey, you can probably get away with that too. You can probably get away with that too. So Bobby Kotick is making money no matter what. That's fine. If it's if it's a bill that Microsoft is willing to flip to get him fucking gone, I don't give a shit. It's not my money. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. Get rid of that piece of shit. Fucking hate him. Um, so I think it's good. Again, I, I think he's absolutely gone. I think there's no chance in hell he stays. Take your money and fucking fuck off in the Cayman Islands. That's whatever. I think that's better for everybody. And I just can't wait for it to go through. I believe the fiscal year is like July of this year till June of next year. I don't think it'll be that as early as July of this year. But I, I don't I think the deal's going to go through because a lot of analysts are like this deal isn't as big as you think it is like. In terms of like corporations right. buying it's big things, for games, this, not big for it's big for games, but it's not big for real life. The fact that they bought them and they're still number three behind Tencent and Sony mm-hmm. tells you that fucking there are companies with a lot more money doing deals. Like if if GE bought fucking BP, it, that'd probably be a problem. This doesn't matter. So the deal's gonna go through. Bobby's gonna go, and then everyone gets taken care of. I think it's a win-win. For everybody. And as long as you get your call to on PlayStation, then everyone, nobody can actually complain. And I think that's the, the biggest thing here. What a great thing for Xbox Game Pass. Uh, that is all of the play. Excellent writing, Adam. Wonderful job. Uh, you wrote every single word of this. It was not yep. written by anyone at any other publication. All written by Adam. All the investigative reporting. Multiple sources from IGN, GameSpot, uh, VGC, <laughs> Wall Street Journal, all of those things. But I did, I did most of this. Though, we'll I have guess. a bibliography <laughs> in the uh, in the notes of the episode. Pretty extensive. I want to take one more Xbox Activision related thing and take a, mm-hmm. a little ride on a dream wagon called Game on Game Show. The Game on a Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show on a Game Show. Game, 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 game. So this is, it's something that might come true. It's something that might not come true. But I want us to play a little bit with these franchises and these games. And I want us to see what kind of weird amalgamations we can make with a game called... Now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. This is a game where we take two existing games, we mash them together and say, what could this make? Kind of like 
uh, one of my, we'll get to this in playtime a little bit. I love that like Guardians of the Galaxy can reference Star Wars a lot. The game Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy like has a little Chewbacca in it. He's talking about the Death Star and that kind of stuff. Like, how do we take these two franchises and smush them? Mm-hmm. We're gonna start an Eldritch monster of a franchise. <laughs> yes. So, so we have in each pair, we have three pairs of games that I want to just imagine. What could these be? We have an Xbox game or a, a Microsoft Studios game, and then we have an Activision Blizzard game. Okay. And here's the other thing. The games are not your traditional, like big ones. They're not like Call of Duty mixed with Halo. We're digging, we're digging a little bit deeper to franchises that are have been maybe dormant a little bit or canceled and things like that, or or the, their future is uncertain. And we're gonna see how they might be revived under this new shared company. Starting mm. with Project Gotham Racing. Oh yeah, good stuff. Crossed with Starcraft. What might Project okay. Gotham Racing and StarCraft look like? I had a, I had a thing immediately pop to mind, Ooh. and it's basically... So people like... It was a launch game for basically every Sony console until like 4, because then they're like, we don't give a fuck anymore. Get out of here. But give me the sci-fi, weird, alien, other worlds stuff of StarCraft. Mash it with, of course, a racing game, Project Gotham Racing, and just basically give me a Wipeout game... But for Xbox, oh shit! Wipeout slash F Zero, kind of a kind of an idea is what I'm thinking. It's like you do a lot of crazy loop de loops and aliens attack your car, but it's just a racing game that's sci fi. Sounds awesome. Oh, dope! Yeah, that's nice. I was I was starting to, I was thinking of like how do we take racing and plug it into a strategy game? And I that's was, too hard. Yeah, that was very hard. I was coming up with shit like. What if we have a, a track, like a start to finish, and we have to like clear obstacles, and we have to fight things in order to let the car pass through, but if the car's going too fast, mm-hmm. if we don't clear them fast enough, then it's going to wreck. Yours sounds much cooler. Yeah, it's already been done, but now it's just like, hey, what F-Zero and Wipeout are dead? How about we do it with <laughs> StarCraft instead? Let's go. Number two. Scalebound. Mm-hmm. That canceled Platinum Games. Uh, dragon game mixed with Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Okay, I like this because Scalebound already had weird like punk vibes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the guy was wearing right? Beats headphones. So, yeah, such a cool dude with his with his dragon. So, give me <laughs> this is dumb. I want a fantasy RPG, but with all those old pro skaters as they are now. So I want fifty year old Tony Hawk. <laughs> I want. I know his life's been tough, but I want Bam, old chubby, uh, having a rough time, Bam Margera. Just get the whole jackass crew, everybody who was ever a pro skater back on those old games. Little Wayne, I think, was in Pro Skater 5. And put them all in Fantasyland. And they have to fight dragons and monsters in Fantasyland. But they're just dudes. So maybe they use skateboard attacks. Or they use, you know, a McTwist kills God or whatever, you know, happens. But yeah, just give me a strategy or, a, a, you know, a JRPG <laughs> with just white dudes from America. I love it. I love it. I had a similar thought where I was thinking like, what if we had these, it was almost like a Shadow of the Colossus type thing. And we have these Mm. giant dragons, the size of these Colossi or buildings. And you, like there are paths, like their their scales and ridges on their backs and their wings and things like that form ramps and Mm. half pipes and shit like that. And you gotta like skate and grind up up the spine and stuff. Yeah, grind up the spine. You gotta build up your speed by doing tricks and stuff like that. And then you get to the top and you like kick flip off their skull and kill them or some shit like that. 
I like it. Last one we've got here. We happy few cross with prototype. Let's remind me what we happy few is. I know that name. Why can I not think of what it is? We happy few is the, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head who made it, but it's someone who was just acquired. Um, but they're, they've, it kind of, everyone saw it. Oh and yeah. It looked at Bioshock. But that was Bioshock, yeah. but it's just a, it's a cool survival game. Right, okay. Exactly. So cool survival game with what was the other one? Um, prototype. Which was prototype. the it was the same it was the same idea around when Infamous came out. Where it was like a guy mm-hmm. who like has some kind of powers. And, you know, his arm can turn into a blade, and he's got like these monster. Alien oh, powers. I had thousand percent of prototype. Oh shit! <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> or a thousand percent. A thousand gamers scored it a hundred percent or whatever. Yeah, I like prototype a lot. So here's what it is. We have a few. Of course, it's like the weird drug conspiracy, but in the English countryside. So give me, you know, small town, maybe New England, small town America thing. We are like sort of, so not exactly Stranger Things, but sort of Stranger Things, like small town. Oh, there's weird things going on in the small town. But then what it really is, is just a man who turns his arm into a sword and kills children. Wow. Yep. So the, the mystery, the spooky thing is the man who's infected and can change his body. So yeah, just like the the twist of the game is that it's a prototype. It's a prototype. And you don't tell them. So it's like, remember when so we like saw Split? Yeah, Cloverfield or Split, where it's oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. this movie, James McAvoy is a crazy dude. And then it's like, oh, Bruce Willis is here? Oh, he's talking about Unbreakable? Mm-hmm. That's it. We're playing We Happy Few in a new setting. You're like, oh, cool. Survival game. Take your drug pills. Da-da-da. Something weird's in this town. And then it's just the dude from Prototype. <laughs> just shows up, turns his arms into a hammer, and just pounds kids into the ground. And they oh die. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who do it's you, a big shock. Who dude. do you play as in this in this game after you dis, after you discover that prototype dude is just ripping kids to shit? Oh, you're just a dude on the ground. You have you just got to get to the government to call them to come help. <laughs> you can't do anything. It becomes a survival horror game at that point. And then the sequel is you play Chris Redfield coming in mm-hmm. from Resident Evil, tearing mm, this guy to, to take out the. It's like Resident Evil crossover. Sounds like Alex Ryder or some shit like that. Um, oh, frick, what is that guy's name? I think the dude's from Prototype's name is Alex Ryder. I really think it is. I think it's something very generic like that. Prototype yeah. guy who kills kids <laughs> game. You're not going to find what you think. Please don't come get me, FBI. <laughs> Google says there, are, there aren't many great matches for your search. Mm. But... 10 Activision Blizzard franchises. If you want to see Reborn at Xbox, here's Prototype. Number one there on the list, Prototype. Uh, it doesn't have his name. Sorry. The guy's nameless. Yep. Hate to see it. Uh, that's it. It's a, a fun little mashup of Activision and Xbox things. We'll talk more about this as we get news, which, again, could be a few months, could be 18 months. Who the hell knows? Could mm-hmm. never happen at all. In which case, we'll tell you that, too. For now, though, let's move on to another segment called Playtime, where we talk about what we played this week. Uh, you've got some fun things on there that I'm really excited to hear your opinions about because I'm I'm not sure if this is your first time, but Horizon Zero Dawn, Adam? Yes, I have the Horizon Zero Dawn. Everyone's like, oh, we're going to play it because the new one's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, oh, never mind. I do have... I do have that on PC. I started it along... I bought it on PC like a year ago, a year and a half ago. And I was playing it, but I never finished it i was like you know what i'm gonna go back uh so i went back to it 
Uh, I got it on max settings. Really pretty. I like the game a lot. Gorgeous. Uh, of course, everyone knows what Horizon Zero Dawn is at this point, but I've been playing it on PC. I know there was the PS5 upgrade. I was like, cool. But I already have a save file on PC and there's not cross-save, so I'm going oh. back to my PC save. Uh, so yeah, I've I played that. It's Again, I've played a lot of it. I just never finished it. So I think I'm going to try to finish it in the next... I mean, I got basically a month until the second one comes out. So I'll see if I can finish it before then. You know, I play it for a couple hours here and there, and I think I'll be able to get through it. So I think I want to get through that. That's why I've been playing it. There is something on Sony Rewards where if you beat Horizon Zero Dawn before Horizon Forbidden West comes out, um, then, and you have, to, you have to link your accounts in order so it knows that you've beat it. Then you're like entered in some contest to win a bunch of cool shit, like a 65 inch OLED TV and all this fun stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. if there's anyone out there, if you, you don't have to beat it after you sign up for it, you just have to link your accounts. And if you've already beat it, it'll already, it'll know and you'll already be entered into it. Just so put you in there. Shout out to that. You have, That's really cool. you have like less than a month now to go say, yes, I want to. You can do that. So, yeah, been playing through that. And that, I remember that game is, it's very interesting. I'm excited for the improvements to the open world stuff because I think. There's a lot of things they can improve, but otherwise I think it's good. And yeah, that story is, I always forget the story. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. This is what's going on. But then the people in the world just fucking don't react to anything. (laughs) You Uh, come for the robot dinosaurs, but then you stay for the story and you're like, oh fuck, that's right. This this thing is wild. So yeah. And then I started it up. I'm a big crybaby. Not even a crybaby. I'm just, I don't like to be scared. Uh, Played it, started up Alien Isolation. I was like, hey, we got to do this for Orf. I'm going to see how far I can get. Definitely put it on easy. <laughs> not chancing that. Not going to make it harder on myself. I might do the same. Uh, not, not the lowest difficulty, but the, the one right underneath normal. And I got a good couple hours into it. Um, I, well, the one thing I do like about this, again, I don't like to be scared. So that is what it is. But this game nails the vibe and the atmosphere of alien. Like it is perfect. Everything is created exactly. It's like, Oh, that's exactly the 19, uh, was it 78, 79, whatever that movie was made. All of it. It's like, Oh, there's CRTs everywhere. There's geometric padding on all the walls. They get it. It's part. It looks exactly like alien. And I think it's fantastic. I'm going through doing the puzzle stuff, but I know the alien, I know specifically when the alien starts to hunt you. So I'm just looking forward to that moment. And then I can see if I can turn the game off or not. But, I have seen people, I've interacted with people, I've interacted with a robot, and I just saw a dude get murdered by an alien. Well, you technically don't see the alien. But, so what happened was, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Basically, you're coming to a point where someone gets killed by an alien, but you don't see the alien yet. Because, apparently, even though the game's called Alien Isolation, the game doesn't want you to know that there are aliens in it. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I guess she doesn't know. So, a dude just like has a thing go through his body and drags him off and there's blood everywhere. It's like, oh shit. And then it's just like, that's a cutscene. And then it's just like, oh, you're in the world now. It's like, well, there's a big hole in the, in the wall, but that dude's body just got dragged through. And I'm just sitting here on the ground and I don't have a weapon. Uh, so I just immediately, <laughs> boom, run straight to the right. And I'm like, all right, I'm running, running, running. And it's like, oh, you got to call it the transit to get here so you can go to another part of the space station. And I was like, all right, click the button. And I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm like, this trance is taking a long time. And then the fucking music starts. I'm like, oh, what shit. the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> I thought it was just like, I'm like, it's a scripted moment. It's there to be like, hey, this is a horror game, whatever. 
but then I click the button and I, I swear you wait for a good 60 seconds and it's the longest 60 seconds of your life because the <laughs> music is going. I'm like, I'm just looking around. I'm like, where the fuck is this thing at? And I don't know if you just sit in the other room if it comes back out at you, but I just sat in the corner next to the door. Just like fucking hurry up, you little fucking oh, subway car. Please wait. hurry the fuck up. I can't uh, wait. I, it didn't come after me, but the music was going the whole time. Like, I think if I sit in there, it'll fuck me up. I don't know. I saw the alien kill someone and I ran and hid in a corner and then I got on the thing. So we'll start going through that. The puzzle stuff's really cool, but I don't want to fuck with that alien. Let me tell you. And I love (laughs) alien. Oh my God. That's my favorite franchise. My favorite horror movie franchise. But I was just like, Hey, no headphones or using the TV speakers. (laughs) And, uh, the windows are open. I'm going to go full, like 3d audio, plug in the headphones, noise cancellation. I'm going to do it all. I'm not doing that bullshit. Fuck it. Because that music starts. Because I know. I'm like, oh, that's the that's the music when Ripley was getting hunted. Fuck. Um, so, yeah. I think it's very good. We'll see how far I can get. But I like everything there. I just don't like that the game wants to scare me. You know? Yeah. Is what it is. Live her alone. Um, I played a few oh, things. Real quick. Oh, yeah. Go. I do love how the game starts you in a, in a cryo chamber. Again, this is the attention to detail. Have you watched Alien or any of the Alien movies oh, before? Oh, yeah, several times. Okay. Yeah, they're fucking great. Yep. You know how people made a joke out of it, but how Ripley is always in her underwear when she goes into hypersleep? Mm-hmm. Not just Ripley. First, it's Ripley. You're like, oh, it's gratuitous. But then the next movie, it's like, oh, all the dudes are also just... Everyone's just always just in there, like a white t-shirt and fucking tiniest panties in the world. <laughs> the Everybody, the men, the women, everybody. And yeah, you start the game, you can see like your legs and your arms and shit. And it's like, I look down, it's like, oh, yep, there they are. There's a t-shirt and a little panties. Let's go put my shirt on. Well, nobody oh, wants fucking great. cold, frozen jeans. That would be awful. That's true. All right, I played a few things. Um, first, I'm still making my way through Guardians of the Galaxy. I am on like chapter six, I think, maybe seven right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, still enjoying this game a lot and the, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm making choices and I can see how they unfolded and now I'm really curious what, what happens if I would have chosen the other choice I don't think I'm going to play this game twice but maybe I'll YouTube some like what happens if I you know, send Groot as the monster instead of Rocket as the monster that kind of thing mm-hmm. I only mentioned that scenario because they already showed it in a reveal and a gameplay trailer or whatever it was um, still liking that game a lot combat is still fun for me uh, I know that apparently the gameplay itself either gets tired or just doesn't really expand much. That's what I've read a lot of, but I'm I'm enjoying all of my time with it. Again, loving the, the crossover and the dimensions of uh, Star Wars in there. And I kind of like these characters. I like... I'm with you on Drax. I think this is a better Drax than Dave Bautista, mm-hmm. like the character Drax. I'm really... Ex- I'm yeah. loving him. And I also love star lord a lot more in this one than i do in the movies like uh, this guy it's all it also has a something to do with the fact that how i'm playing him like i you can choose like whether you vent with a team or whether you like kind of coach them and say hey let's let's keep our eye on the objective and all this kind of stuff so like i get to choose a little bit of that but uh, mm-hmm. i'm really liking it so that was part of my hesitation going in, into this is whether or not i was going to like this rendition of these characters having been so used to the mcu versions so yeah, the MCU ones are great, but you just get so much more time. It's just like you get yeah. you get to love the characters because you have a lot more time with them. So yep. And then I played two multiplayer things this week. Rainbow Six Extraction dropped, uh, kind of as a surprise because it had been delayed a lot, and then I everyone just kind of forgot when is it coming out again? Oh, the January something. Okay, and then it was just out, and I was like, oh shit! And not only was it out, but it was free on Xbox Game Pass. 
So I oh. jumped in there with a couple of buddies. Rainbow Six Extraction is a fun game. There's one tutorial mission you have to play by yourself, but then you can jump in and play with other people. And I didn't, like, I knew kind of the idea of it. Like, you're running into this place with all these, like, this virus and all this shit, and there's these mutated things, and you got to get out before the timer or whatever. But it's actually, it's a lot more of a roguelite than I, than I thought it was. There are any, on any mm-hmm. given mission, there are three areas that you you can access. You start in area one, you can move to area two, and you can move to area three. And so you're going through these, you have 15 minutes per area, and you go in with your squad, and there's a randomized objective in that area that you have to do. It might be pick up a body of somebody and bring them back to the extraction zone. It might be kill a specific powerful mutant. It might be um, capture zones while a bunch of things try to attack you. So some kind of random thing in each of these areas. And as you move from area one to two, things get a little bit harder. And two to three, things get a little bit harder. And the risk-reward comes with if you get into the middle of two and you're like, fuck, all of us have like five life left, you can't heal yourself. You can get like temporary extra health that slowly disappears, but you can't, if you get hurt, you cannot heal that original health back. So you have to then make the judgment call as you go, like, fuck, do we push on to number two or do we push on to area three or do we cut our, our losses here and just take the experience that we've gained and extract ourselves? Mm-hmm. because if you all die there's much more consequences to it but you can say all right let's just go ahead and, and leave with what we've got versus trying to push on to number three so there's like that really interesting risk reward to it but what i'm really enjoying about the game is the the kind of meta game itself like playing that with friends is fun and it's got solid gameplay mm-hmm. each character they're all the same operators that you have from rainbow six siege with a lot of the same skills so, like, you had Sledge with the Sledgehammer that can bust through walls. You have um, Doc who can heal people and all that kind of stuff. So, you have a lot of familiar faces. But as you're going through these things, if your character dies, then the other people who, are, who you're playing with can pick up your character's body and bring you back to an extraction point and get you back out and safe. Okay. If your character dies and your whole team wipes or they don't get your body back to an extraction point, that character is not playable next time. Mm-hmm, and instead, okay. you have to go rescue them in your next incursion. So like if you go to so if they die in a in a San Francisco level, then you have to play a San Francisco level again and go find them in one of them and extract them the again body. before you can play as that character, which is a really cool way to make you kind of explore a bunch of the roster of this game. Otherwise, I would have just picked a favorite immediately and said, all right, I'm playing as this person. I'm playing as Pulse the entire time because you can find guests really easily. Uh, So that's really cool. But then also, on top of that, your characters come back hurt. So, like, if you get all the way to the end, but you, like, barely made it, then that character is not going to be fully healed for a couple of rounds. So you got to continue to play with other people. They want you to rotate people. Yep. So it's a really cool way of doing that. You earn experience. Excuse me. You're an experience like as an overall account that you can use to unlock like grenades or a self revive or things like that. But you also are an experience to upgrade each of your characters as you go to. So if you like a particular operator, then you can upgrade them and their skills and get better weapons and things like that. So I'm having a really great time with it. We played it one night for a couple hours and I was really into it. And then the whole next day, that's all I was thinking about. I was like, ah, oh, Rainbow Six Extraction. But I, play some Rainbow Six. I don't want to play it with, with anyone other than my, my raft pack. And Dallas was on vacation the whole weekend. So 
I'm going to text them immediately after this is over and say, hey, you want to play some extraction? You're down to play some extraction? How many players? It's a three-player game. Mm -hmm. I also, I assume there's like matchmaking. It's kind of a communication-driven thing, so you would probably have to use chat in order to be successful in a lot of oh, I'm gonna. But... I'm looking for a group of people to play with. I'm not playing with randoms. Oh, Fuck gotcha. those yeah. people. Yeah. They suck. <laughs> and so at free on Xbox Game Pass, <laughs> it's available on pretty much everything except for Switch, but um, yeah, having a really great time with it. Really enjoy it. And then finally, we've jumped back into Warzone for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's my first time in the new map, which dropped actually in like November, but I just never got around to playing it. And I know there's a lot of controversy over the map and people don't like it, but I had just as much fun playing this map as I did the original Verdansk map. And uh, I really appreciate the change of scenery. I like all the new Vanguard weapons, even though they're like old weapons, but because of the time period... Uh, but it adds a, a lot of variety to the game. There are some weapons that you can unlock like eight different upgrades for or 10 different upgrades for when the regular weapons from Warzone, you can only get five, which is really exciting. So lots of new, fresh things in Warzone. Um, we played quite a few matches. I think the best we got was like 11th or maybe it was 12th. Didn't win anything. Haven't seen a dub in like 84 years. Warzone is tough, it is tough to get dubs in. There was a time kind of close to when it launched when we would get like a, a win a night. And in fact, there were like four nights in a row or like every single night we, we won. But it's been, it's been a long time. Having fun with that though. Let's move on to our quest log where we talk about the news of the week starting with God of War. G-O-W. Sells big on PC. This comes from Adam Bankers at IGN. Uh, God of War just recently released on PC last week. It is off to a strong start and has surpassed Horizon Zero Dawn to become Sony's biggest launch on the platform with an all-time peak of 73,529 players so far. Furthermore, God of War was the best-selling game for the past week that ended on January 16th, and it held off Monster Hunter Rise, Ready or Not, and the Elden Ring pre-order, and more. Prior to God of War's arrival on PC, Horizon Zero Dawn had the highest all-time peak for Sony first-party game at 56,557 players, and Days Gone was the second at 27,450. So big jumps in numbers there as God of War jumps up to 73,000. I think that's really good news for Sony and, God and future PC titles. I think that's excellent news for God of War Ragnarok coming out later this year on PlayStation 5. Um, very excited to see this, and I'm very excited to see all of these people expl like experiencing this game for the first time. People who didn't have a PlayStation or or didn't have a way to play this game who now get it. And I'm loving the Steam reviews for it, Adam. All like it's getting the opposite of review bombed. It's getting like review love everywhere, and everyone's like, "This game yeah. is amazing." And this they said this game is sixty dollars, but it's actually gonna be like five hundred dollars because now I'm gonna go buy a PlayStation to play the sequel, and it's amazing. And so uh, I'm <sighs> loving it, loving what I'm seeing. That's very good. Also, I just love uh, they had to mention Days Gone being the lowest. <laughs> Somebody who listens keeps talking about Days Gone and how Days much they like it. And I'm just like, I don't know what to tell who? you, man. I don't who know. Who did that? I don't know who it is. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's good. Like I said, good news. Yeah. Means more stuff on PC. More chance for people to play it or people double dipping um, yep. because people do that. But yeah, put good games on everything. Uh, and play it the best way because PC runs games better no matter what Chad says. God, so, some of those screenshots look uh, so beautiful. And I'm just like, wild. I hope the they're not Forbidden West, that Ragnarok looks that good on PlayStation 5. 
Yes. Who knows? I'll, yeah, PlayStation 5 version is very solid. Um, so, yeah, that's good. It's all positive. And then they beat out everything else. Monster Hunter, I forgot Monster Hunter Rise just came to PC. And look at that Eldering in there. I don't know. It's just all good things. And uh, these numbers for concurrence, especially for single-player games, very, very high. Yeah. Because a concurrent, if you have like 40,000 concurrence on a multiplayer game, they're like, good job. Your multiplayer game is doing very good. Um, of course, you know, the big ones always get millions, but not everyone can be League of Legends. So that's very, very, very good numbers just for, uh, for some context. Speaking of Sony first parties, Horizon Forbidden West drops story details. This is from Darren Bonthries at GameSpot. New trailer came out from Sony ahead of the game's launch, which comes out the day after my birthday. February 18th is the day the game launches, which is the day after my birthday. I did not know that. Not asking for anything, but I just want you to know. (laughs) Uh, The new trailer shows off the cast of Horizon Forbidden West, which sees your favorites returning, like Ashley Birch as Aloy, Lance Reddick as Zavala, I mean, Silence, um, John McMillan as Aloy's ally Varl, and John Hopkins as the controversial errand. And new characters coming as well that were shown off. A couple of them included uh, Noshir Dalal as the Tanakh warrior Kotalo, and the Matrix's Carrie Ann Moss as Tilda, not Tilda Swinton, but another Tilda in this game, a secretive individual who also sports a terrific sense of post-apocalyptic fashion in a world ruled by machines. There's another person who's signed on to the game that we haven't seen yet, and that is Angela Bassett. Uh, And even though she's not in the video, players will encounter her through her character of Regala throughout the game. There's a quote from Carrie Ann Moss says, I play this very interesting character named Tilda, who is quite a dynamic character. As an artist, there's a lot of, excuse me, as an artist, there's a lot of freedom in doing something like this. You get to be in the moment, getting thrown direction from the director, getting to try over and over again. I felt like creatively, it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of mystery to her. I don't want to say too much, but she's an interesting character and I loved playing her. Did you watch this trailer, Adam? I absolutely did. I was like, let me see what's going on. Those carrots look rotten. <laughs> We're seeing what's going on out in the West. We got some kind of quest going on. Uh, yeah, just some of the these really big names. Uh, and it looks really cool. I, I wish Carrie Ann Moss was playing Tilda Swinton. That would be interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, great actors. The story stuff will continue to be really cool. And I'm very excited for it. That's, I think... That was part of me like, I really probably should go back and actually like finish the PC version of this game because I'm excited and, 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 it's, and it's coming up. Um, I don't see it wasn't. But yeah, you did say Lance Reddick already. Man, that guy. He's everywhere, isn't he? Yeah, he's Destiny. in this barf, barf game. Quantum yeah. break. Yeah, Destiny. Oh, I didn't see that the, the votes came through. Yeah, Man, he's all over the place. Yeah. And also, number one, I mean, he's the concierge from... John Wick, so. And also, he's Matthew Abaddon from Lost. He's in Lost? Yeah. For like, like season 17 season, or whatever? Season four okay. or five, I think. I was done by then. Yeah, okay. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Oh, yeah, no, I'm very excited. Let's go fight these dinosaurs in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those games that like, it comes out the day after my birthday. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to be gone for my birthday for a week and a half playing Destiny with the boys. So it's it's one of those that I'm going to be really like itching, like I'm going to love and enjoy my time with these people, but then also I'm going to come back and immediately heads down straight in Horizon Forbidden West. 
beat the shit out of it and then probably play what's Elden the other ring. one? Oh, elden ring too yeah. fuck they're all right there yeah they're all right there very excited speaking of excited people are excited and positive on the new pokemon this comes from chris scullion at vgc everyone knows this friday pokemon legends arceus comes out on nintendo switch a number of Japanese video game websites have been posting their first impressions of Pokemon Legends Arceus following a recent hands-on event in Japan. Famitsu praised the game for moving the Pokemon series in a new direction, saying, quote, It's safe to say that this game is completely different from previous titles. The first thing that impressed me when I started playing was the exhilarating feeling of moving around freely in the vast field. Yes! So excited to hear the shakes up the formula and feels different. Its report also praised the way that Pokemon could be found freely roaming around each area and the excitement in wondering which species would be encountered each time they reached a new one. The ability to ride Pokemon was also commended, with Famitsu reporters saying that it made traversing the open world more exciting, especially when using a flying-type Pokemon. Quote, it feels great just to be able to fly freely in the sky, but it's especially fun to look for Pokemon that look small below you. It also detailed a boss battle against an angry Cleavor, which attacks the player while they try to hit it with food to calm it down. The report said this battle was surprisingly difficult for a Pokemon game, but not to the extent that it was impossible to win. I, and I'm going back and forth on this game all the time. I was, when they announced it, I was super excited. I was like, yes, open world Pokemon, in the field, new environment. Well, it's technically Sinnoh, but it's like way before... You're exploring and just building out a Pokedex and using the first Pokeballs and all these things. It looks really cool, new way of doing Pokemon. And then people kept complaining about new screenshots. And I talked last week about how I noticed, like, people were complaining about how bad it looks. And then I looked at things that weren't the Pokemon, like the grass and the walls mm -hmm. and the fields. And I was like, oh, no, that does look bad. So I've, I've just been like, shit, is this game going to be crap? Is this going to be fully supported? I don't know. But to hear all of this good news has me so excited. I can't wait for the actual official reviews to drop later this week. Um, I'm definitely not going to pre-order it because mm -hmm. I, I want to wait for those reviews and I've been burned by Pokemon games in the past and I'm tired of just throwing money at the franchise. But I am very hopeful for what this might be. Yeah, I like this choice quote where they said they threw food at the pokemon to calm it down I'm like yeah that works for most people uh, good quote. i like that a lot <laughs> that's uh, what snickers thing, built yeah. the whole empire on absolutely it's the thing where it's like uh you know it's a japanese company and it's like a japanese game media site going to preview it i know those previews always seem extremely positive remember every, when people previewed the first suicide squad movie they're like oh what a fun time and then you watch the movie, the movie is trash uh, <laughs> so but I'm, I'm with you i'm hoping that I, it's the thing. It's not going to be technically impressive. Straight yeah. up. We can see that. We already know that. But if it changes things up and it's super fun, I think that's what matters. I'm with you where I would wait, you know, wait a day for reviews. You don't have to pre-order it. Wait one day, buy it on Saturday or Sunday or whatever, and hopefully it's good and people are enjoying it. Because it's that one where it's like, there's hope and they're trying something different, but I need to know if it works or not. Yeah. So I think this is a positive. We've had ups and downs, but I'm hoping... That it's a solid game that people enjoy. Because that would be awesome to get something new from Pokemon. Because we've been playing the same game for 20, 30 years. Which has been fun. But anything different would be cool. So I'm hoping that it's a success. Yeah, me too. There's also some some hope that this could be 
a continued thing in the future of the franchise. Holden's ghost texted me and said something about how he read there was Pokemon was or the Pokemon company was talking about its franchises and they were talking about the mainline games and they included Arceus in that mainline um Mm-hmm. As one of the main lines, rather than just like a spin-off, like Mystery Dungeon or something like that. So, rotate rot- rotate those uh, bad boys out. Yep. Do a normal and then do a Legends or something. Yep, That'd be cool. That'd be great. Final story on our quest log today: Dragon Age Four may need some more time. Says Eddie McCouch at Gamespot. According to multiple insiders, the next Dragon Age game will not be released this year in 2022. Technically, neither EA nor Bioware has ever said that it would be. But some reports gave indication as to when fans might get to play one of the next big RPGs and the development at the esteemed studio. Insider Tom Henderson wrote on Twitter, quote, A source with the knowledge of EA's plans has said there's no chance that Dragon Age 4 will release in 2022. Jeff Grubb backed this up in a report saying summer 2023 is the earliest possible time frame for when the game might be released. And even that is a vague hope more than a real target, he says. EA reportedly decided to remove all multiplayer from the game and may have ditched live service elements. The game has a focus on single player, Bioware said, in December 2021. This is a game, I can't remember whether like it was officially said that they rebooted, but it, they brought on a new game director after it had already been in development for a little bit. Um, and I believe that was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's... It's going to take some time to to morph that. This is also it was in development in the middle of EA's like whole Star Wars debacle where they finally realized people want single player games and they're okay with having single player games at EA now. Um so yeah. hope that I'm sure changed the trajectory of this a lot. So uh, this game I is huge. Dragon Age is a huge franchise for them and I yeah, I don't see this releasing in 2022. I even think 2023 given how much we've seen and how much change it's gone through in the past couple of years. I, I think 2023 is even optimistic for this game. Yeah, I do. So that's the thing. I'm a big Bioware fan, but of course they had some uh, trouble. Well, after Legendary Edition, I think people forgave them for a lot of stuff. But like Anthem was being great and people didn't like Andromeda. Thumbs Andromeda was fine. But I like how they're like, hey, we're going to take our time. We're going to do it right. You know, no need. So the multiplayer thing is, is funny just because I know some people get mad. They're like, just make it single player. But there have been multiplayer game modes in Bioware games for I think the past seven titles. <laughs> it's like a lot. It was yeah. there was Mass Effect 3, Dragon Age Inquisition, then Anthem, then Mass Effect Andromeda. So yeah, I'll yeah, four or five of the last games did. But I'm like, yeah, just start from the beginning, make it good because again, you've got some goodwill now with Legendary Edition for Mass Effect. People are excited for Mass Effect 4. This game could be really, really cool. And with COVID, I think I think they also did it right where they didn't just show like a lot. Yeah. Like the only things they've shown is like, oh, it's a picture of the Dreadwolf. It's like, okay, that's exciting. But we haven't they haven't like shown us gameplay and then waited three years to release the game. Right. So I think that they're out of sight, out of mind. So whenever it does come up, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Dragon Age fucking cool. So I'm excited and take your time and make it good because I'd rather it be good and take time compared to people complaining that Bioware sucks. So yeah i i That's they can't I afford heard. another bomb right now if they do no, yeah. if they do legendary edition and then dragon age 4 is good and then mass effect 4 is good it's like you're right back to being old bioware yep everyone will forget fucking anthem no one gives shit yep god do you remember that game you remember anthem that was fine it's not great not wild. awful wild it's whatever i also didn't pay anything for it so <laughs> i paid like two dollars and fifty cents black friday physical copy at gamestop mm-hmm 
That's it. It's fun. And I, I paid think like it's seven fun to fly. hours of my life to it. So yeah, it's super fun to fly around, and you know, that's for the about short all time the they allow the you game. to fly without recharging or flying under a waterfall. Yeah. Outside of that, it's just like yeah, live service. No, thank you. That's it for our quest log, and we are moving into our final segment, the segment from Adam. Adam brought a segment, and it has something to do with Doctor Phil. And I, all I see here is Doctor Phil sandwich, and I am so intrigued, so intrigued. Oh. What do you got, Adam? So I, oh, hold on, he's coming in. Doctor Phil doesn't have any kind of weird thing. All right, my mustache, I've twirled it a little bit. <clears throat> hey, everybody, this is your boy Doctor Phil here. I've come <laughs> on to respawn aim fire. And I am here. He's sort of Texan. He's not super. His accent isn't crazy. Yeah, I was but gonna, I'm like Dr. him and Hank Hill have the same voice in my head. Oh, <laughs> hey everybody! It's Doctor Phil. It's not too uh, bad, actually. <laughs> but I'm here, and we're gonna do a fun, a fun little thing today. And uh, we're gonna do Doctor Phil sandwich. That's the segment for the day. So. Google tells us a compliment sandwich <laughs> is a suggestion. Let me get there. Okay, okay. Meet me at ca- Cash Me Outside. A compliment sandwich is a suggested way of giving someone feedback. Start with a bit of praise, then give some constructive criticism, and then finish with some more praise. We're making sandwiches today on Dr. Phil and on Respawn Aim Fire. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go back and forth. And I need you to give me a compliment sandwich of whatever the topic it is that I give you. Okay. And I'm also going to do some because I got some things to say. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the idea of the hot take podcast dudes. So okay. let's just okay. get the grievances out, get it out, be nice, and then we can move on with our lives. This is also why, you know, somebody went on to Respawn Aim Fire's Twitter page <gasps> and posted about this earlier today. Who gave Dr. Phil our password? <laughs> <laughs> I hacked into your account. All right. So, uh, YT Square Pegs, which is a YouTube channel. You should check it out. Uh, I said, give us compliments on anything gaming related. Also, if you want to give me a critique, we could also work with that. So, we're going to start with Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game. Jay from Square Pegs and likes it a lot. He thinks it's a damn shame that more people didn't play it. So, we're going to give it a compliment sandwich. Because we're helping out the listeners here. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, give me a compliment sandwich on what you've done so far for Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I have to give a a compliment, a criticism, and then a compliment of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how we do it in Texas. All right. They, Guardians of the Galaxy, just has, like, a really great cast of characters. I actually don't know who voices any of these things, but, like, they have a really great, well-developed cast of characters that I care about. Even Groot. Even Groot. I, um... However, in this game, I can't help but notice uh, a lot of repetition in textures and environments and things. Like I go to a place and it's just like a lot of the same exact blobs, a lot of the same weird, pretty colors, a lot of the same things. But you know what though? That music. It doesn't matter what everything looks like because you hear that music. Whether you're listening to Pat Benatar, it doesn't matter what it is. You get that little that little huddle. Everyone's like, "We're kicking their butts out there. You're getting in my way." And then you have to figure out what what to say in order to pump everybody up. And then you fucking giant hairband song. Yeah, that came. Rocks. It rocks. I like that. It's a good sandwich. It's a good tasty morsel you got for me there. <laughs> Very good. Uh, this is from the Birdman fifty three. 
Jake Birdman. Or no, Bake Jordan Jake Man. Yeah, he's from Isle of Misfit Rolls. It's a D&D podcast. You should check it out. He has two things. All right. Obsidian, to him, is a fantastic game studio, and he helps Avowed makes them so much money. And like he loves Obsidian and he wants them to get their due. So how do you feel about Obsidian? Make me a compliment sandwich. Good <sighs> sir. Hold the chips. Let's see. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to take a look at uh, oh okay. Okay. Obsidian, man, they knew they knew exactly what they were doing with South Park and the Stick of Truth. They they took that property and they boiled it down to exactly what people love about that franchise, about South Park, and they made a game just dripping with it. Just so much of that game in every single corner of it. But you know what? They got a lot of games that are just like boring. <laughs> Taking a look at Grounded, looking at you grounded where you're just like hey here's a here's a, a couple hours of content and it's like you lose your shit real easy and there's some spiders that are impossible and just like not a fan we're not gonna tell you what to do fallout new vegas haven't played it but if it's anything else like fallout it's like boring colors so you make some make some boring ass games but i tell you what though People love the Outer Worlds, and it's got some cool art, and I like that the Outer Worlds and the Outer Worlds 2 is on their website, Obsidian Entertainment's website. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. It's a guy standing there scratching his head as he looks out on a vast desert-like planet. All right. I'll also make a, make yourself a little uh, charcuterie board of a sandwich Ooh, right here. Charcuter. <laughs> uh, all right. So Obsidian's great. I love their take on classic RPG, computer RPGs. Um, some of the things seem mid-budget. I guess that, you know, hopefully that'll change around. But, you know, it's like, oh, this is a $40 video game. But also, I fucking love every video game they've ever made. So that's the bottom of the sandwich. There we go. Bottom of the sandwich. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, here's the other one he's got. It's a good one. Okay. Housemark. Mm. He says that Returnal is not the best game that Housemark made, but no one cared before. So either make me a compliment sandwich on Housemark. You have to do it on Housemark because I know you like Returnal so much. So you've got to give Housemark more respect besides Returnal. I guess it could be part of your bread, but you got to give Housemark I'm, some some credit. I'm going to say, yeah, we t we talked about game of the year and like Returnal was my game of the year in 2021 because it it was the epitome of next gen for me uh for last year's video games. And yeah, they've made they've made some stuff that like wasn't necessarily wasn't necessarily mainstream. Like they could be really talented, but they make the types of games that like people don't want to play. Not everybody wants what to play. What kind of sandwich is this? <laughs> well, you talk, I have to criticize something in the middle, right? Oh, you're doing a criticism. So you're saying Returnal is very good. Yeah, Returnal is very good. And now you're doing next stuff. Game they, of the okay. year. Now I'm into like the criticism yeah. in the middle, like that that nasty old rotten roast beef. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like they, they kept making things that just people didn't want to play. They don't want to play Matterfall. They don't want to play Alienation. They don't want to play Resogun. They don't want to play Outland. I'm just scrolling through games that they've made. Mm -hmm. um, but I tell you what, though, to who was it? Bake Jordman? Who said this one? Yeah. To, to Bake Jordman's credit, Bake Jordan. like Rezogun was a dope game. I played, that was one of the very first games that was available on PlayStation 4 because there was like a dearth of games at launch. 
and it was free with PlayStation Plus on PC, PS4 and PS Vita, and I had a blast with that game. I didn't play very much of it because other things eventually came out that I did want to play, but this definitely held that spot for a while. It was very good. All right. Given how smart they're due, I'm with yeah. you. I like, I, that's the thing, you know how I feel about Returnal. Like, I think it's good. I didn't, I didn't love it. Uh, I do like how smart, they're just really good at making arcade shooters. Yeah, it's just that nobody cared about arcade shooters, right. but they made the best ones that were out there. So I'm with you on that. Now this one, whoever this D. Smitty person is, I might have to throw him out of the studio. Woof. Days Gone was actually good. I don't know how to do a compliment sandwich on this one. I just don't know if any of these ingredients <laughs> make sense. This is going to be one of those keto sandwiches try. with no bread. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll try, Smitty. So, Days Gone was good. What, you got to say something nice about Days Gone? Get criticism okay. and say something nice? Here's, here's the nice thing about Days Gone. I don't know why I'm if I'm also becoming Dr. Phil. You're turning into nice Dr. Thing, <laughs> nice thing about Days Gone, I guess. It was it was a good game. It was straight up seven game. It was... It was it, it, it had zombies that were interesting. It had... You were on a motorcycle. Eventually, that motorcycle could have a Death Stranding baby in the motorcycle. Like, that was a thing that happened. But, like... It was a good game that went on for, like, 60 hours. <laughs> and I didn't want 60 hours of a 7 in a game. Nor did I want to spend my time... Like literally falling through the map and watching my motorcycle flip out and fly across the freaking map like a muggle possessed object in Harry Potter, <laughs> like a freaking enchanted car flying across the map, and then me being stranded somewhere. Like that's not that was not a good experience. But I tell you what, it's a property that is. I can't think of another good thing to say about it, Adam. That's <laughs> a part of the sandwich. Uh, uh, be, be my other piece of bread. What do you got? I've got it. So for me, good thing. I do like the setting. I like the idea of like, oh, we're out in the wilderness in Washington. Uh, the bad part, criticism, is just like, yeah, game's boring, and it's a fucking six and a half for a long time. No thank you. It's got a lot of problems. Bottom part, uh, motorcycles are very cool. The style's cool. I like leather jackets. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna go to Subway. We're gonna ask for double meat on this sandwich. <laughs> the characters in this game are stupid. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about anyone I'm dealing with in that game, and they're dumb. And I don't believe anyone's character and their relationships are stupid. That boy ain't right. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby! Dang it, Bobby! <laughs> All I right, don't know so. you. That's my purse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. Fucking great. God, I could do Hank Hill's voice all day. <laughs> Dang it, Peggy, the boy ain't right. <sighs> Damn it, Bill. I'm going to kick your ass. Uh, all right. So we're going to do a couple. We're going to do. Uh, we'll do three more quick ones because okay. that was it, everyone who wrote in. Okay. So give me. We're going to do it on the big three. Ooh. Give me a compliment sandwich on. We're going to start with Sony. Go ahead and go over there. Compliment sandwich on Sony. Start with Sony. Sony, you know exactly how to make a third-person action-adventure game that is AAA and is incredible. You know it. You know it. But you're a little behind the times when it comes to keeping in touch with what the gamers want. You know, you had to be forced into cross-play. You had to... Uh, you still don't understand backwards compatibility. You released today. We didn't talk about this. You released a teaser yesterday that said 1.23 in PlayStation font 
knowing about the whole like PlayStation Now cards being repealed and all that kind of stuff and, and not repealed, but taken off of shelves and, and backwards compatibility. And then it was just an ad. Like it was just an ad for play, play PlayStation and one, two, three is part of the lyrics. Like you fucking, you knew exactly what you were doing. You pieces of shit, mm -hmm. but man, you make beautiful console and, and excellent top of the line accessories that go for it. And I love that they all match and make my entertainment center look sexy as fuck. Interesting. I'd go with you on that because, yeah, exclusives super good. They do a lot of things that feels like, oh, this is what an old company does who set in their ways. Um, but then I also like, uh, actually, I don't like the way they look. Well, I like the way the controller looks. I don't like the way the console looks. Uh, also, I like that they're putting stuff on PC now. Look at that. That's nice. Look at that. That's great. Huh, that's great, Bobby. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll go to Xbox next. Comment sandwich on Xbox. Oh, Xbox number best value in gaming. Literally, if there was someone today, it's like if I can get my hands on a system, and, I'm, and I haven't played games in a very long time. What should I play? I started this sentence wanting to say Xbox, but not, but like there are so many. Uh, okay, get a PC and play some of the PlayStation. Games. Okay, play some of the PlayStation games, but. The best value. If anyone's just like, I should, I want to dip my toe in the gaming world. Like Xbox Game Pass is the number one way to do it. And you, you are so focused on the future right now, Xbox. Like you got the. If Sony's like lagging behind a little bit, you are focused on the future, and that's awesome. You, um, uh, your your UI is awful. Is absolutely awful. I cannot figure how the fuck to do anything on that UI. And I always have to do 20 different tries of pressing the button, understanding where the settings are, how to join a party and a game are so difficult to me. And it just, it doesn't make sense to me at all. But damn, if you don't make a, 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 a pretty great product and, and uh, you have totally redeemed yourself with a lot of your franchises like Halo. Halo multiplayer is just being blown it out of the water, and you 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 are listening. I love it, Xbox. You're listening. I like it. Yep, we'll go ahead and get that Game Pass bread on top because that is literally a perfect service. Mm -hmm. uh, have it on the PC and on the console, and it's it's Hank Hill approved. <laughs> I sell propane and propane accessories. Uh, bad. Um, we need to start seeing more of those exclusive games. They're on the way, but you know, I also need to have them in my hand. Got a couple last year that are really really good, but I would like more on a more consistent basis and then the ui is great i don't know what you're talking about you don't understand the parties have you tried to do a party on playstation oh jesus yeah. fucking oh, christ oh my god fucking it, hell that's not perfect but like i, I kind of get <laughs> it <laughs> you say <laughs> no i will say power uh just be like hey fucking this game plays in 4k 120 frames a second and fucking this only console that does it i'm like yeah give me fucking give me all the teraflops everyone laughed at teraflops and then they're like, but look at these comparisons. It's like, fuck, the teraflops mattered. You think so, there's going to be a dinosaur like in Horizons Forbidden West called Teraflop? Oh, that'd be nice. And it's it's like just like a bunch like of fucking hard drives. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. And then number three, we'll do Nintendo. It's going to be my favorite. Here's what you're really good at. You. I'm going to a top piece of bread, Nintendo. <laughs> you know how to get people to pay for your shit, even if it's literally shit. Like you, you are some kind of business genius back there that will get people to buy your shit. It's shit. <laughs> That's the middle. <laughs> it's shit. shit. It's shit. Like the OLED switch 
is like a, a, a market improvement over the last one, but just like the experience of it, the the operating system, the Nintendo Switch online service. Uh, like it's it's so behind in so many of these different ways. It's like such a shit product that somehow I keep paying for. And then that bottom piece of bread is like, you've you've locked in, you know how to create iconic characters. And that's how you you just sprinkle them on your shit. Like Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, and Zelda. Like you know, you know exactly what to do to put like pretty stickers on your tiny turds. Kirby Kirby Kirby's a hell of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll go that big that top piece of bread is yeah, exclusives can be very cool. There's some very interesting ideas and gameplay stuff that are, are really cool. I'll go ahead and do the bottom piece of bread because that middle part's gonna be real big for me uh and uh i i I do like the form factor of the handheld device i don't like the controller but i'm like it's it feels nice and easy to hold um you know it feels like a decent like hold in your hand product here goes the middle mine's a giant piece of poop right (laughs) (sighs) my number one thing that i don't like for nintendo is that everyone's like oh Every time someone talks about like a game's coming to Nintendo, there's always a caveat. They're like, well, it is the worst way to play, but it's portable. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. I, this is why I got rid of the Switch. I just want to talk about the reason I got rid of my Switch. I never played it. I used it for a couple exclusives. Like, you know, they put out like four or five exclusives a year, maybe five or six or whatever, maybe more, maybe one a month. But it was like, oh, I only care about one of these. So I have this piece of this device to, that allows me to spend $60 a year for one thing. I don't want to do that. It's literally the weakest console, graphically. It is the technically the worst console. Like, it literally just doesn't run. It's like, oh, here's a game on this console and every other console, and this one runs like poop. This one's actual <laughs> poop on the screen. So, it runs the worst. It's technically the worst. The games are the most expensive. Every game is just fucking always 60 bucks, no matter what. No yep. fucking sales. They don't do any of that. They don't have any achievements, and the fucking base controllers are shit. And don't work. Yeah. But it's portable. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I fucking hate the Nintendo Switch. But it led I to think the I liked my Wii U more. I guess. I think I like my Wii U more than a fucking Nintendo Switch. No, I'm not wow. gonna say that. That's silly. Wow. That's silly. Because at least we got indie games. But anytime anyone wants to make argue about Switch, like bro, I can sit down for hours and be like, no. Like Witcher 3. It's literally the worst way to play the game, technically. Mm-hmm. It's the most expensive way to play the game, and it runs the absolute worst on the Switch. But it's portable. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Doesn't matter. Fucking dumb. Doesn't Dr. Matter. Phil's left the building. He's out. <laughs> That's it for my Thank segment. you for that segment from Adam, Adam, and Dr. Phil. Uh, because we did Game on Game Show already, this is the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening, uh, everyone. Oh, What about the results? Oh, from yes! Last week's... Yes, the results game on game show. from last week's Game on Game Show. Um, it was, I believe it was two to one, like, ratio-wise, like 66% mm-hmm. that uh, last week we played a game where we took two characters, we explained why they would win in a fight, and then we actually, like, asked you, the audience, why they would win in a fight. And uh, I am blanking on everything that we talked about it was king mickey versus raz thank you yes so adam chose king mickey from kingdom hearts and i chose raz and you all voted that king mickey would win in that fight and you just completely trashed me and threw me under the bus and i did not appreciate it (laughs) did not appreciate it at all 
Speaking Coming of the polls, king, you best not miss. Speaking of polls, there's another poll you all voted for if you were a patron over at patreon.com slash respawnamefire. And for the month of February, we are playing Quantum Break, starring Iceman and Zavala, a.k.a. I don't know Iceman's real name. I did it one time in my life. And Sean. Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. Yeah, it is Ashmore. Um, Lance Reddick. Iceman actor. (laughs) (laughs) It is Sean Ashmore. Yep. Yes. Not his twin brother, who also. Pyro. Pyro. Yes. Um, No, not not twin brother in X Men, but like Sean Ashmore's twin brother. Oh, he's a twin brother in real life? Yeah, who also is an actor. And is in things, and sometimes like, oh man, I love Sean Ashmore. And you're like, no, that was not him in that movie. That was his brother, and Aaron like, Ashmore, the twin brother. Aaron. Oh shit, yeah, they do look exactly twin. well. They're twins. Huh. He was in Small Smallville, Warehouse 13, and Killjoys. Yep. Um. So uh, yes, we're playing Quantum Break. Every single game on the poll this month was an Xbox Game Pass game. So. Uh, you all chose that one. I think that was like an, an overwhelming majority of people chose that too. So it was really exciting to see that you all wanted to play it. It's something that I have not played before, but I love Remedies Control, obviously, 2019 game of the year. Beat out Jedi Fallen Order in every uh, game of the year contending. Not true at all. Um, so I'm very excited to see the game that they made before that and uh, just interested in that model that like play a chapter of the game, watch an episode of the show, play a chapter of the game, watch an episode of the show. See how that is. Have you played this before, Adam? Yeah, I I think I watched two TV episodes, so I'm a little bit I'm excited to go back and actually finish it because I liked it. I just for some reason fell off of it, but I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, Remedy at their at their best, man. This month's barf backlog accomplishment of the Respawn and Friends is Alien Isolation, as we talked about earlier in the episode, so make sure you're playing that. Send in your impressions of that game. If you've already played it, great. You can just send us what you've got, and if you haven't played it but you're playing it for the first time now, maybe stream it and send us a clip of you peeing your pants. Or mm, just yeah. you don't have to even play the game. Just send us a clip of you peeing your pants. That, that could be fun. Uh, and that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go to our YouTube. This is our last call to action. Go to YouTube and just subscribe to us. Just freaking do it. My birthday's on February 17th. Day before Horizon. Day before Horizon for Bidden West. Oh, also, Spotify. Do five stars on Spotify. Oh, yeah. That you can now, now rate things on Spotify. If you're one of those people that listens to us on Spotify, you look down at your phone right now. Are we up? Tap on us. Give us five stars. Is it stars on Spotify or is it green circles? Okay, five stars on Spotify. If you're, are you listening to us on a competing service? Hey, download the Spotify app and create an account and go in there and rate us five stars on it. And then while you're at it, go to iTunes or podcast services everywhere and rate us five stars. Do it. And if you uh, don't do it, my birthday is on February seventeenth. Do you remember that? Just, just keep that in your brain and smoke it. <laughs> That's it, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. When's my birthday? <laughs>